Sonic Boom, and hello, you found the X. Welcome to episode three of X Button Radio, a gaming podcast where a few friends get together every week to talk all things gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Damon Vitiri, and I'm joined by Jeremy Orlando. That's no moon. And Danny Morales. What's going on, guys? I uh, I totally thought that you were going to go into that's a space station kind of thing, Jeremy. But I, I, listen, I I trying to keep it keep it short and sweet. Okay, I like short it. Short and sweet. <laughs> I like the pop culture references every week. Listen, All it's right. got to be it's got to be a different quote every week. Different um, quote, different um, area. We'll keep it. I'm we'll keep it going. It. I'm so there for it. Once it, listen, once I start delving into like Thomas the Tank Engine lore, then we can worry. But for now, we got no way. No way. How much do you know about Thomas the Tank? <laughs> oh, I can take you to town, my friend. Holy crap. I believe it. I don't want to see it. But I it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get down to serious business first, and then we can have our fun. So first and foremost, we're obviously a gaming podcast, but we have to address what's been going on over the last week uh, with the death of George Floyd and the resulting civil unrest going on pretty much throughout the country. Um, you know, we, of course, have our opinions, and you can find those on our social media accounts, and we'll drop them at the end of the episode. So, you know, feel free to, to follow us and, and kind of check out what our thoughts are on the matter. Um, but, you know, for now, the point of X Button Radio is to provide you with, a, you know, an hour or so of escapism and entertainment, and, um, you know, hopefully uh, we can provide you with a little bit of a break from everything that's going on uh, around uh, around the country and around the world. So, uh, with that being said, this episode was supposed to cover uh, essentially over an hour of wonderful gaming news from the PS5 release event, and uh, unfortunately, uh, or well, unfortunately, but also I think the right move, Sony decided to delay that event because of what's going on. And, um, you know, just kind of uh, they haven't said when they're going to have the event rescheduled, but they thought now was not the right time. And uh, Jeremy, I think you're going to read uh, read us their statement. Yeah. So this was uh, on June 1st. So a couple of days ago, uh, Sony's official uh, Twitter account tweeted out the following statement. Uh, we have decided to postpone the PlayStation 5 event scheduled for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PS5 games, we do not feel that right now is a time for celebration. And for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. Um, I 100% agree with with them holding back the announcement for a more appropriate time. So, yeah, uh, it was I, a very good move on their part, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love the wording. I love the language they use. I mean, yes. there's no better way than just to say, you know, we want to step aside and let, let you know, other voices be heard right now. I mean, that's that's pretty powerful. That's the one we quote. I've listen. read a lot of quotes this week. That is the one quote that probably has stuck with me more than anything else. And I think even Microsoft, like, retweeted that quote and said, you know, yeah. we stand yeah. with you. Um, because how do you word it any better than that right yeah. now with everything? Um, you know, obviously Madden was supposed to have a reveal this week with uh, an EA event, and, and that uh, isn't happening. Um, and I know Call of Duty is, was supposed to have another season uh, launched this week, and, and they delayed that. So, you know, every, the gaming world right now um, is, is pretty much on pause. No, obviously, no pun intended. Um, you know, just, you know, letting... 
um, what's happening out there take take center stage. And and um, you know, I I really I, I stand behind what Sony's doing. Of course, I was disappointed. I think we all probably were. I mean, we've been chomping at the bit for news for yeah. the last who knows how long months. You know, months and months. Yeah. But you know, we've been waiting this long. Um, what's another week or so, two weeks, whatever it might be. And, and, and honestly, I don't even know if I can even wrap my, if I could really give it the attention that it, that, that I want to this week. Yeah. And my mind has got so many other things going on in, inside of it, you know? You know, I thought, it, I thought it was interesting that not only the announcement that got delayed, but I saw uh, rockstar, they were going to be shutting down the GTA online servers. Yes. As well. Uh, which, like that that's kind of sending a message more than anything you know you could you could delay an announcement where people are talking but you want to shut down an entire an entire community like that that's that's pretty powerful yeah an entire yeah mm-hmm. yep no it is it is and that's you know that's the world that that we're living in right now and and that's the world we have been living in in and you know since since the calendar turned and, and we entered 2020, 2020. so i saw away. a funny I saw a really funny thing on uh, on gaming Reddit last night. It was uh, somebody photoshopped a, a, a difficulty selection screen, and it said easy, medium, hard, twenty twenty. <laughs> so that's pretty very accurate. True. Very true. So okay, so obviously you know, as far as the gaming world is concerned, not a lot of news, not a lot of current events. So. We'll probably have a lot more to talk about in in that regard next week, but I think it makes sense to kind of jump into um, what we've been playing and then and then the topic of the week. How's that sound, boys? I think sounds that good sounds to me. Well, yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? What's on the playlist? Go ahead, Jeremy. All right. So aside from what I've already talked about uh, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've touched a little bit. I've played a little bit more of uh, Maneater. Still enjoying it. Um, but the big thing that I've played this week was I finally had some time to sit down and fiddle with um, the newest Season 3 character on Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which was uh, Ultra Instinct Goku. Megapo no Goku. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. See, yeah, fellow Dragon Ball Z fan. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, this is when I slowly roll away from the mic and let you guys have at it. Oh, God, we, we got to watch that movie, Damon. Uh. So I I have been playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z since it dropped on the Switch, and I I love I love this game. Yeah, it's um, so good. It's it, so it technical. Is, yeah, it, it is. It is so fantastic, and for for a two D fighter, it is incredibly accessible, which I truly appreciate because I am I am god awful at um, any sort of competent fighter game. So anytime I, I feel the opportunity and and the ability to actually perform well is as a bonus. It started as a child when I got my first Rock'em Sock'em robots, and <laughs> my uncle would destroy me and pop my robot's head every chance he got. And ever since then, I've had a fighting game complex. Is that not how that went? Oh uh, my I'm god! Not, not quite. But it was damn close. <laughs> I was like, "Where are you going? Is this? Did this happen to you?" <laughs> No, I promise you I promise it didn't. <laughs> My God, it was so intricate. I'm sorry. It sounded like the truth. <laughs> Close my eyes. He was, he was, having, he was having a moment. At me. 
<laughs> he was having a moment. It's 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 I was fine. Like, oh my okay. god, you poor boy. I know. You know, sometimes my mind my mind wanders when I hear Dragon Ball stuff. So I, I digress. I'm gonna mute myself. So even if I keep talking, you won't hear me. Go continue. Oh, come on. Well, no, we're not an anime podcast. Come on now. Uh, no. Uh, well, Dragon Ball's a big gaming thing, though. I mean, it between is. Kakarot it's... and and Fighter Z, I mean, Dragon Ball's been you know a little bit of a a little bit of a renaissance. Jeremy, what did you think of Dragon Ball uh, Z Kakarot? Uh, I actually have not touched it yet. Uh, really? Okay, good idea. Yeah. It's it's on my list, and I saw it was on sale not too long ago. Bandai Namco was having a pretty big sale, and I was gonna pick it up, but it was right when I got a PS4. So I'd rather focus on PS4 things that I can't get anywhere else. And, yep. So the, listen, the summer's just starting, and I'm hopefully getting Central Air soon. So I'm gonna have plenty of time to dive into many, many many video games and Kakarot is on that list for me all right um damon just recently picked up death stranding but has not played yet but i want to hear what uh what he what his thoughts are going in on death stranding yes well i mean i don't want to i i will i will get to that my friend don't don't worry i don't want to i don't want to pull this away from from uh from jeremy here first so what uh, and I, trust me, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, oh, man. What did you Sorry. What did you think of What did you think of the of the new fighter? Like anything anything notable, or is it just you know more of the same? Which is good. I mean, the, the, the that, of- to, to me, he's actually not more of the same, especially when it comes to um, the Goku clones that are out there. I think there are like five Gokus in the game already, mm-hmm. or six maybe. And as far as um, having another Goku added, which I know everybody was rolling their eyes when he was announced, but you know it's, it, it's an iconic transformation at this point. Um, it's what closed out an entire um, TV show. Was 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 this transformation? So we all knew it was coming, and it's been I thought they, for years. Yeah, and I thought this they did a fantastic job of making him a really really unique character. Um, I have, I, like I said, I've only put a couple hours into playing him, and um, while I find him really cool. I don't think he's somebody who I'm going to be playing regularly. I just wanted to, I, I really just wanted to fool around with him, see what he did. Um, a lot of his, his auto dodging, his ability to phase through um, his opponents is phenomenal. I thought, I thought that was so cool. It really captures what um, ultra instinct felt like in the show. So I thought they kind of That's nailed cool. that um, outside of, outside of that, like I said, I haven't really dove into any move sets and um, um, I think it's called Turtle School is the um, is the really big uh, competitive uh, Fighter Z website where it's uh, it, it's a complete breakdown of how to play each character um, how how they stack up how to, how to make sure you make a, a, a competent uh, three man team and they like they haven't really had a had a breakdown on any of the season three characters yet. Uh, which is uh, just uh, Kefla and Ultra Instinct Goku, and I think that's the only two that have been announced so far. How much do those fighters cost, How, or the season? I guess you get them all with the season. You can't buy them individually, or no, you can buy them individually. They're five bucks each, or um, I think the se- I think season three's pass was twenty. I want to say, I could be off on that. Um, the season one pass I know was thirty five, but that came with um, I think eight or ten characters. And then the season two pass was like twenty five or thirty, and then that was only six, I believe. 
And now, now we're, I, I think it's getting to the point where they're dropping down the amount of fighters that are coming out per season, just because they're probably going to be ramping up for a sequel, or at least that's what I would assume that they are, especially with, you know, next gen launching anytime now. Um, it would just make sense for them consider, considering how, how financially successful this game has been both with, with, um, like reviewers and with uh, players. Yeah. I mean, commercially and critically, it's been, you know, I mean, it, it, it ate Kakarot's lunch. Like it, it just, yeah. you know, has always been like the de facto Dragon Ball Z game that, you know, I hear people talking about and, you know, leave it to us X button radio to talk about a fighting game. And we literally had one of the developers who works on the port of Mortal Kombat last week and now mortal Kombat aftermath is out and we're talking about fighter z but hey that's just what we do that's, so that's the way the cookie crumbles that's it that's it well that's cool man i'm glad you got a chance to, to kind of mess around with it and um uh was that was that pretty much it just man eater and and, and it, fighter z yeah it was man eater i did a whole lot of uh roy uh, a life well lived this week you know just being being an adult and painting bedrooms and and doing work mm-hmm. outside um and uh painting up a whole bunch of models for Power Rangers Hero of the Grid, which is that's solid. Yeah, it's nice. It's been a good week. It's been a good, good, good week. Very good. So, Danny, you want me to talk a little bit about my thoughts on Death Stranding? My my pre thoughts on Death Stranding. Yeah, I want to hear what. Uh, I guess your expectations, maybe. My expectations are okay. So, um, let's start with this. And can I can I make a request? Oh yes. Sure. Can you explain to me the general plot of Death Stranding? Okay. Me or Danny? Anybody? No, me. I can. Yeah, Dan- I can. Danny, Did you, you play you, it? I guess no, you didn't play it. I have not. Okay, so basically, you're. I can't even say. It's no so spoilers, weird. No spoilers. Like, no spoilers. No, no, no. Play this game. I don't want to know anything about it. No, no, no. I can just give you the basic rundown of like who you are and what you're doing because I know the idea is so out there that it's like who the who could have thought of this? And anyways, so you, I want to say you live in a dystopian future, but it's kind of like post, post, post apocalyptic in a way. Um, you're Sam, and essentially, yeah, you are a delivery man. Um, you deliver to these individuals that live around the uh, the map. They're called preppers. Some are plot related. Some are off. Um, some are off to be found. Um, and you deliver packages from A to B. You get and acquire tools to help you make the journey easier. So yeah, in the beginning it is hard and it's very slow. But you got to get good at this game. So it's a it's it it's a DHL simulation. Yes, it's a delivery game. That is what it is in a weird Kojima world where people's names are strange. And look, I'm gonna say this, and it's it's my number one gaming sin, and it just is. We all have them. I don't care who you are. Everybody's got their little dark gaming secrets and things. I've never played a Kojima game. This will be the first Kojima game I play. I know all about them. I know all about Metal Gear. I know the genius that that you know he he brings to the industry. I understand all of that. For whatever reason, 
his games have always been just slightly off of my grid, my radar, whatever, where I just like, again, like we talked about it. I think it was last week we talked about Splinter Cell versus Metal Gear and, and, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, I don't know. I, he's always been just, just a little out of my reach. So Danny's been saying, play this game, play this game. He texted me the moment that it went on sale. I think it's on sale for like 24 bucks. And I said, okay, I've had it in my cart so many times and i'm just like the hell with it i'll just get it now my here are my thoughts on it i think it's going to be a gorgeous game i think there's going to be parts of it that i'm going to love but i think the way i play games versus the way you play games i'm going to have a much bigger problem with this game than you are because i play games to complete them i am a completionist through and through so yeah that's true to, to complete death stranding and get the platinum it's a little bit of a grind, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with once I get through the meat of the story, if it doesn't, if I don't have momentum coming out of it where I'm like, I'm going to keep playing this for another 40 hours and get the platinum. Like, that's okay. I'm okay with putting in like a couple of hours a week of just grinding it out and eventually getting it. Like, that's fine. I don't need to like swallow the whale. Like, I can, I can take it piece you. by piece. But here's a lot the of thing. Here's the thing, Danny. That Damn, you don't man, know that I'm going to now challenge you in. Oh, God. Since I'm playing Death Stranding, I want you to go on this journey with me, and I want you to go for the Platinum while I'm playing it. Oh, so do you want me to start from the beginning or keep going? No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that to you. You can oh, keep what you got. <laughs> I want you to go for the Platinum. Okay, I was thinking about it. I'll be honest, I've been thinking about it too. And I'm like, man, you know what? As much as I talk this game up, I've never actually like just beaten every aspect of it. And Perhaps it is second, one I thought you were going to say, as much as you talk this game up, you've never actually played it. <laughs> Can you imagine what a twist? <laughs> That's when Shyamalan comes out. I <laughs> got ya. Oh my god. It's oh. Like, I'm, about, I'm about to be exposed. Yeah, yeah. So will you do that? Will you do that, Danny? Because I'm going for the Platinum now. I mean, I just made a basically a 100-hour commitment on this game that, like, the most exciting thing I've ever seen is him ziplining across the map for five minutes. So will you do it? Yeah, um, I'm at 69%. Perfect. Well, then right now. we'll see. We'll see if I get there before you do at the 100% mark. But you're going to go on this journey with me, and it's going to be awesome. And you're more than welcome to come over anytime and sit next to me and watch me walk across a map with 800 boxes on my back because i can yes and i can help you understand how to play it yeah no i'm good with that i'm good with that all right so we will table death stranding for when i actually play it and i may not play it's probably not going to be next week i think i'm going to save death stranding for after last of us because i want to give death stranding the time it deserves and there's no way in hell that i'm going to plow through that game and I don't want to stop and then get into The Last of Us. And then, so it's probably going to be after Last of Us, but it will be soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, I guess I'll just jump into what I've been playing this week because I've got two games that I want to talk about. Um, one of them is not really a, a, a huge thing. So I'll start with that one. Um, I picked up Ratchet and Clank, the 2016 I saw uh, you reboot that. PS4. Yeah. You know, um, I finished. I finished a couple of games that I was working on, and I said, okay, I've got 
roughly two weeks before Last of Us comes out, and that game is going to absolutely consume me. So I need something fun and, you know, something a, l- a little different. Um, and so I said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll pick up Ratchet & Clank. I've seen nothing but good things. It's a beautiful game. I mean, the, the art style is, is fantastic. I don't think it's, uh, you know, very deep. I mean, it's very forgettable. I mean, you know, it's just a more, even more so than like normal, um, you know, E for Everyone kind of games. And I don't mind those. I mean, there's some of my favorites. Like, yeah, I love uh, Viva Pinata. I love the the Mario games, obviously. Um, you know, a huge Nintendo fan. So, like, I don't mind colorful, cutesy games, but it's a little shallow. The weapon system's fun. Uh, and I, and again, the art style is great. I mean, this thing on a on a PS4 Pro on an OLED TV is like just killer. So I mean, that's that's been really nice. So that's fun. So I'll I'll, I'll play through that. I'll I'll get the platinum in that. Um, but I finished up Life is Strange, and I wanted to talk about that because I never played it. And again, I got it for like three bucks. Uh, when it was on sale and I finally finished all five episodes and um, I, I know that this is we're re- you know we're talking about a game that came out what like six seven years ago at this point I think it was 2013 but you know it's one of those games that I think you can play it pretty much whenever and and you're not really gonna you know lose much it's not like technology is gonna advance so far that it's gonna make that game feel feel super old um, I'll start with the negatives, just because, and it's one slight thing. I'm not a huge fan of the art style of that game, but let me tell you, the writing and the soundtrack is incredible. It's your typical, you know, stop me if you've heard this one before, uh, coming-of-age teenage girl in the Pacific Northwest has something crazy happen to her, and it sets her off on this whole journey. You know, I mean, we've been there done that but this game what surprised me about it was the rewinding mechanic so on the surface you play as max caulfield she's again you know she's a she's a a senior in high school she goes to this like prep school she's a photographer so she's big into into photography and you're just kind of getting to know the students of the school which is uh it's called blackwell um you know you get to know the teachers uh you know, just very, very light to begin. And then something crazy happens and she gets reunited with um, one of her uh, childhood friends from like four or five years ago. Uh, her name is Chloe. And it kind of sets off this whole thing in motion. And and the whole mechanic behind the game is that, you know, you, you, it, you make decisions kind of like a telltale game, but unlike a telltale game where once you make the decision, you're down that path and now you're following the next set of branching paths, this game, you can make the decision, rewind time, and see what would have happened if you made the other decision. And then you can pick what you would rather choose to, to have happen. Um, and that works for puzzle solving, that works for decisions, and that works for dialogue and and sometimes a conversation is the puzzle and you know you may need to convince somebody to let you do something and what you basically do is you go down the dialogue all the dialogue options you obtain information you rewind and then you attack that conversation uh with the information you already have so you you know you can kind of disarm people that way and you can you can get them to befriend you and to trust you that way and that part is really interesting Really cool. 
Um, I loved that. Um, I love, I mean, the basic premise is again, you know, uh, two friends and there's a girl that went missing in town. It is very much Twin Peaks. Um, even one of the girl's license plates says Twin Peaks on it. Like, it's just like, that's the vanity plate that they have. I mean, they're not even pretending uh, on a bash uh, read, right? Oh yeah. Not even pretending to, to hide it. Um, one of the, one of the main locations in the game is the diner. And, uh, you know, I mean, it looks just like the double R from, from Twin Peaks. So really cool, great, great soundtrack. And I have to say, uh, by the time I was done with it, I was very impressed with how it handles things because again, from the art style, it looks like it's, you know, a telltale game, it look, which telltale games are, are, are mature, but it just looks different and it's very, it's, it's a very mature game and it handles some crazy stuff towards the end. Like it really, it's like a, it's like an, an avalanche, you know, like the very first episode, you're just kind of dipping your toes in and by the time you're done and it's not long, I mean, each episode is probably two hours or so. And there's five, so you're talking a 10-hour game, and you know it's really easy to get the platinum if that's what you're concerned with. But just from a storytelling standpoint, um, really, really fun, interesting game. Great game to play like on remote play. So if you want to like you know grab your iPad and sit outside and play it, or grab a Vita and, and remote play it, it's a really good game to, to do that with. So um, I really recommend it, and I was very surprised. And as soon as I finished it, the very first thing I did was checked out the prequel, which is Before the Storm. Um, I didn't pick up Life is Strange 2 yet, but I picked up the prequel, um, and I'm going to play that, and then I'll probably, you know, if I if I still want to keep going, I'll, I'll play Life is Strange 2. But um, I definitely recommend it. And again, the reason why I got it was because I was so into that choice-driven game with Until Dawn. So I wanted to kind of keep that going, and, and I... I, you know, I, I like them both for very different reasons, but, but Life is Strange definitely stuck with me a little bit longer than, uh, than Until Dawn did. So, you know, take that how you will. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's been, those have been my two games really is just, uh, uh and I, and I turned on Maneater again for a little bit just to swim around and eat some people cause I wanted to and, uh, <laughs> and it was fun. Cause you can't. Yeah, exactly. And I think the patch is out for that game now, too. So I know that um, one of the big issues was game crashing and, and save file deletions. I think Tripwire has the Maneater patch out this week, or it's coming like very, very, very soon. So they're aware of it. They're working on it. So if you've been holding off, you're almost you're almost through that, and they should have all that stuff fixed. So uh, that's been my playlist this week. What have you been up to, Danny? Um, I have played a little bit more pokemon i'm actually excited i want to hear um a little bit more about the dlc because i might pick that up when it comes out too yeah i've already uh so we're, we're going to cover the dlc as part of the uh, on the horizon this week um but they nintendo did drop a uh trailer for it on tuesday and um Really, not a lot of new information in there outside of what we already knew. It was mostly just showing off uh, environments and um, some of the new Galarian forms for the legendary Pokemon, which has oh, me yeah. excited. So, like I said, we're gonna we'll cover we'll cover that more on uh, on the horizon. But where are you in uh, your Pokemon adventure in the Galar region? Well, I just caught. Well, actually, I texted you the other day. Um, I just caught a um, Gigantamax um, Gengar. Yes, you did. And that, and that was tough. Oh my god! I had to. I tried like 
50 times. <laughs> it was like a five-star raid. It was a five-star raid. I was like, I this is this is gold. I know it is. I watched the videos. Um, so that was exciting. And I can't actually I gotta add you on Switch so we can battle and then we could talk about how I'm gonna lose. <laughs> oh, that's definitely not gonna happen. You'll you'll Really? You'll, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I have We should stream that when it happens. We should definitely stream that. I think I think we need to schedule something. Maybe maybe do a July fourth um Pokemon event after we we've had some time to play in the Isle of Armor and then go from there. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. You've been, you been yeah. getting at anything else, Danny? Um, actually, just I don't know. I don't know why I crawled back to it, but to bring it up again, Death Stranding. I don't know what my obsession is. I'm sorry. You just really you're, like you're carrying a Kojima things. guy. You love Kojima. Yeah, it was just. You'll see. You'll see. I don't know. Maybe. All right. I don't want to dwell on it too much. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll have. I'm sure I well, I know for a fact that we'll have a strong opinion one way or the other. I doubt that I'm going to come away after playing that game with a, yeah, it was okay. Like, I think I'm either going to be like, that was the worst thing I've ever played or that was art and it brought me to tears. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's going to be a middle ground there. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, so what we thought this week for our topic um, with everything going on and, and just, you know, again, trying to kind of escape and give ourselves a little bit of a break from 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 everything was uh jeremy you had the great idea to just kind of talk about some of our some of our fondest gaming memories and uh just kind of you know talk about things that you know we remember and some stories that we can share from you know growing up and and playing games and i thought that was such a great idea for for this week especially i mean look at it the 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 game industry has been uh really ramping up their their nostalgia lately and doing a ton of remakes and remasters left and right uh the most recent ones being the tony hawk announcements so why not you know we should capitalize on it too let's enjoy some nostalgia for uh for like 30 minutes to an hour yeah so i think the best way to maybe do this is to just kind of go around and we'll just kind of each take turns sharing a memory and you know when we run out of them we run out of them but i think that's probably the best way to to go and since jeremy since this was your idea Please, start us off, my friend. All right, so I'm going to start off with what really got me into gaming, which was uh, the Atari 2600. Wow. And uh, the reason that I'm going to start here was because the Atari only came out in my house in the summer. So school year would end, and uh, the Atari would get set up, but only for that June to September area. And I played so much. And it, it like I, like I would just I would just be on that thing as much as possible. Go ever Pitfall um uh Pitfall and Pac-Man were really my big go-to games um as well as Deep Sea Diver which, which was tremendous amounts of fun. Uh yeah, the classic Pong in there as well. But those were really my, my go-to games, and uh, it was really weird for me because I, I went from I went from Atari only in the summers to somewhere around like '94, I think '94 uh, or '95 is when I finally got a Sega Genesis, and that was really my first foray into oh I I just jumped 
you know, like 10 years or 15 years of, of graphical improvements. And it, it, it's just mind boggling to me, just really getting, getting into, into, into Sonic and Vector Man and Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> so yeah. Like, uh, like, Echo the Dolphin was so cool. It like, it really was, it really was, um, you know, and, and I know, I know Danny, uh, last week, I think we had a, we had a pretty decent, uh, br- bringing up of Sonic and, uh, yes. I, I think they don't get enough credit for what they did with Sonic two and Sonic three and Sonic and knuckles and the way that they were able to, um, manipulate that world and 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 really just just show depth and 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 it was it, it really fantastic games that uh, like that that is that is my my intro into into gaming it was it was this 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 just summer event that exploded thank you to Sega Genesis so and it just there, like completely opened your mind to like yeah, it, wow it, it I really from did. here it was to crazy. there yep you know like like and then and then the progression from there to just, just, just every console, you know, especially at that time, because you had so much, it felt, it really felt like so much was dropping frequently between, between Nintendo, Sega, and then, you know, the, 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 the PlayStation got introduced and they were using discs, you know, you had Sega Saturn that was, that was out like the, the that, that mid nineties to late nineties era of gaming was just so fast and so rapid fire. And I felt like everybody was making developments net, like left and right to, yeah. to really try to one up each other. Um, and even today that's still, that's still going on, but I, I, I never really felt it the way um, that they were putting out hardware in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first time that a piece of hardware just blew my mind was uh, actually the Sega Dreamcast. And really? I remember, so on Long Island, and I don't know, I don't think these were anywhere else but the island, maybe the Northeast, but there was a, an electronic store called The Wiz. And um, I remember going there, and you'd go there for like CDs and stuff, like if you wanted to pick up music or, or things like that. I mean, that's really what you went to The Wiz for. And I remember they had the Dreamcast set up, and they had uh, Sonic Adventure on there. And I remember, and I had been gaming since I was like two years old on the NES, going through Super Nintendo and, and 64 and everything else. And I, the Dreamcast was not on my radar at all. And I remember walking up to that, that kiosk and just seeing it in motion and being floored, floored, where I was like, I have to get this thing like day one. And and I did, and I loved the Dreamcast. I had so many games for it, and I was heartbroken when it when it died. But what a system that was! And I remember that was the first time that like really blew like graphics blew my mind was was the Dreamcast NFL 2K um, and uh, Power Stone and Toy Commander and Sonic Adventure like those games um, really were and Hydro Thunder that was like the arcade game that they ported over to that yes. that was a fun game Hydro Thunder was awesome I loved loved that system and uh yeah that's that's one of my definitely one of my like fondest memories is is like the very first time i got my hands on a dreamcast because like back then especially when you were younger like you didn't have like the hype that you do now like your hype was going to the store because you didn't know what you were going to see when you were there like i had game pro magazine and all that but like those magazines weren't 
like you didn't get a, a real feel for the industry through those magazines. They were mostly like just loud advertisements for soda. Like there wasn't, you know, it wasn't like really like covering the gaming industry. So yeah, that, that blew my mind. That like came out of nowhere. What about yeah. you, Danny? Um, I have to say, I think I felt that way mostly about the GameCube. I think the GameCube was the system that like blew my mind the most. That whole generation, PS2 on top of that. I never had an original Xbox, but um, I played hours of Halo at my friend's house. Um, any standout games? I think, <laughs> believe it or not, the Jack series was one of my favorite of that era. Mm. Jack and Daxter. Yeah, yeah. That was phenomenal. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. Yeah. Yeah, man. But was Jack, was Jack and Daxter, though, that was, I mean, oh, you're just talking the generation. You're not talking the GameCube, right? Because Jack and Daxter was uh, was PS2. Yeah, I'm talking the generation. Because yeah, yeah. there was, mo- like, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 in that generation was, holy crap. Is this, I mean, it's the second best Spider-Man game. You have, have to say that. Or do you still think it's number one? I didn't never played that one, honestly. I, so. I, Having not played the new Spider-Man uh, in, in any kind of substantial way, I can't speak to it. It definitely feels like the new Spider-Man is a spiritual successor to Spider-Man 2, um, which which is impressive because, you know, that game has been out for 20 years at this point, practically. Yeah. And it took them that long just to make one. Dude, I can't wait for you to play Spider-Man. I cannot wait. I am so excited for you to play that game. I, I, like, I know you played it when you were here, but, like, you know, I'm looking so. forward to it, man. I'm I'm really pumped to 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 get into it because I love that. I and it really felt like just Batman Arkham Asylum with Spider Man, which is cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but back to nostalgia, Jeremy. I have one that might work for you and I actually. Ooh, I am so curious what that is. So that would that would be the 360 launch. Oh my god, that was mm. a great. That so, was an incredible night. Jeremy and I worked at GameStop, and we talked about this the very first episode. Um, but yeah. Jeremy and I worked at GameStop together, and uh, so that was right around when the 360 came out. And if you remember at the time, HD TVs were not a big thing. Yeah. And I believe it was Samsung and Microsoft kind of had like a little thing going where they were trying to show off the power of 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 HD TVs. Um, and they would put HDTVs on the on the 360 uh, kiosks. Mm-hmm. So, like, a week before the 360 street date hit, we got the kiosk in, and we got all the games in. And so now, when you were working at GameStop back then, like, you basically had a list of everything that was coming out. And all you'd do is, like, circle them and be like, all right, I'm pre-ordering this, pre-ordering this, pre-ordering this. The boxes would come in. We'd grab them. We couldn't leave the store with them. But... What we would do is for that week, and it was one of the greatest gaming weeks of my life, what we would do is when the store would close, we'd lock it up, we'd unlock the kiosk because (laughs) we had the key for the kiosk, and we would play our games. And the funny thing is we couldn't save because we didn't have our memory cards yet. So all we would do is play the first, like, 30 minutes of like all the games that came out with the, with the 360 launch <laughs> just and one after the other after the other oh my condemned mm-hmm. uh, Condemned. call of duty 2 
that blew my mind. Shooting the helmets off of German soldiers in HD, and you were like, it's so clear. It's so beautiful. Like, you never saw anything like that. And for a week, we would play the 360 and just, oh, we had such such a blast with that. Yeah, that was that was a crazy night. I remember so so launch night. I I don't even remember what I had pre-ordered um, game wise for the 360 launch night, but I remember cameo cameo uh, condemned condemned perfect oh, dark zero perfect dark zero. Yes, that was the big one. And, and call of was Duty. that good? Yep. Perfect dark zero was um, serviceable. Yeah, the controls were. It was a game that looked prettier than than it it had any right to be, but the controls were still like I don't know. It was like really like for a for a system for a game to come out on a system that pioneered like Halo, you would think that like the shooting mechanics would be solid, and they were so slow. Like I can't even imagine playing that game now. Because back then it felt slow and clunky. It, it really felt like they were trying to not be directly Halo just because they didn't want to be Halo's competition. Um, when Halo had one of the one of the better, if not damn near perfect, uh, controller setups. Yeah. And I think that's that's ultimately what hurt them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Joanna Dark was... Yeah. Uh, and the co-op too, man. The co-op mm-hmm. was great. The soundtrack was awesome. The the co-op was cool because the co-op wasn't like Halo Combat Evolved co-op where you basically cloned Master Chief and you played through a single-player game with two of you. That's all that that was. Perfect Dark literally had split paths where one person would play like Joanna Dark's dad and would have to take out snipers while while Joanna Dark like, you know, had to make her way down this hallway or down this across this bridge or whatever. So like it was very much different like level design, but it was hard as hell. Like if you wanted to play that on the hardest difficulty, I don't think I ever beat it. Even when I was playing it with, with, you know, friends and stuff like we couldn't beat the, the hardest difficulty. It was just too unforgiving. Yeah. 100%. That game, that game took no prisoners. It was, it was, it really took itself, um, far more seriously than I thought it should, uh, for, for that game. But I, I would love if the rumors of a new Perfect Dark game were true because I enjoy that universe and I think yeah. they could do a lot with lot of lot of work with that. That'd probably get me to buy a Series X at launch. Really, that's the game that would do it. Yeah, dude. Because there's no. I mean, okay, uh, Alan Wake two. <laughs> that's about it. I mean, there's not really. How about a, a a remaster or a, a remake? That's fine. Or... Yeah, that would do it for me too. That would do for me, but I think they have the license now, so I think they'd be able to put it out. I, I don't know. I, it's it's a murky thing, but um, but yeah, I remember specifically with that 360 launch. Also, I remember like the main games. Cameo was awesome because that was rare, and that mm-hmm. was uh, that was a great rare game. It felt like you were playing an HD Nintendo 64 game, which I know yeah. some people didn't like, but I thought that game was amazing. I loved it. Um, so that you had that. You had Call of Duty 2, which was an incredible first-person shooter. And then you had Perfect Dark, which was another, like, a sci-fi cartoony kind of first-person shooter. So you had a pretty good mix. And then 
Condemned was like this little game that like no one really knew much about. And after we had played through like the proper launch games, Condemned started getting momentum. And Condemned was a first-person melee game that was really like really hardcore. Like you'd be blocking you know, people's fists with like plywood and hitting them over the head with it. That had a really crazy story. That was a really fun and it was kind of horrible. I thought it was legitimately scary. Like I thought they did what they did with um, with lighting and and AI. I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought they yeah. they did a really good job of of taking advantage of of you know HD gaming and and made it. It was legitimately scary to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think the 360 quietly has one of the most underrated launch lineups. I really do. Like. For you to be able to have like just those four games alone, they're all so different. I, I mean, I think that's I think that's I would I would if if there were four if there are four games that come out for the PS5 that I want to play legitimately at launch that aren't like ports and remasters, but like you know realistic you know new new games. I mean, I would I would sign up for that in a second. I think we'll be lucky if we get two. Yeah, I, I well, they, I think they've also um, they've also really changed the way that they do uh, launch window development, especially as as the hardware gets more expensive to come out with. You know, like they why, like why are they going to rush to have games out at launch and and take each other's thunder? You know, people the people who want that console are going to get that console. Yeah, you know, it's going to be sold out for a few months, no matter what. And I think. I think yeah, I think you're right. The Xbox 360 was probably the last time that really happened, where they just had they had this incredibly solid launch lineup. Where, you know, I don't know if you remember like that first year with Xbox 360, it was it was like an entire group of people just all moving from game to game as a new game came out every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it died down because I remember there were I. This is how much this is burned in my brain, <laughs> and and I may be wrong, I may be misremembering, but. In my mind, it had come out in, I think it was March, and then Elder Scrolls Oblivion got delayed to April, and so it missed the launch, but it was like the perfect game to jump into after the you had played through your the entire launch lineup, and then I remember there were like, and Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter came out mm-hmm. also. And then I remember there was a gap, and for like three months, the only new 360 game that came out was Full Auto, which was like that like twisted metal, weird like racing car combat game. And I think that came out in June, and I don't know why. I, it's just like those sheets are burned into my brain from like re- reading the release dates, and like what? Be like, there's nothing coming out. You mean but like you, mean you don't remember Chrome Hounds and Enchanted Arms? I don't remember Enchanted Arms at all. Oh my god, that was Enchanted Arms was crazy. I remember uh, I I I, uh, I had taken I got I got a contest at uh, at GameStop and and I uh, I got like I got a hundred dollars or fifty dollars in store credit for it and I and I put it towards Enchanted Arms because it was the only thing that was really out that I haven't touched yet and uh, I I I was so hyped to play it. And I got maybe an hour into the game, and I'm like, "Oh, this is this is so not not what I wanted to play right now." 
like coming off of coming off of like Oblivion and then Chrome Hounds, I was just not feeling like a JRPG at at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember it now. I see the box art. I kind of yes, Enchant Arm was like yes. I remember they changed the name for the U.S. to Enchanted Arms, but it was called EM Enchant Arm in Japan. Yep. That was when the Microsoft was really trying to make a push uh, in Japan. Yeah, I mean, they had Enchanted Blue Arms. Dragon. They had Blue Dragon. They had Lost Odyssey. Was that the other one? Yes. Yep. And, yeah. And then they even had like JRPGs like Eternal Sonata, which I loved. I thought mm-hmm. that was such a cool game. And but Fan- yeah, and I Fantasy remember. Star Online. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, was- good times, man. I love nope. the 360s up there for me. That'll always, That's a special place in my heart that that uh that system and that 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 lineup of games just was at the right time for me it just hit it hit all the beats perfectly for me yep all right danny your turn what do you got what do you mean do you have any other gaming that's it that's all memories no 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 that's it that's all (laughs) i I, actually that's all i play on i i love playing melee there is a good one melee Man, I don't know how many hours I try to unlock every trophy. Do you do you remember? Um, uh, I think it was Mewtwo that had the had the best unlock, where you just had to play twenty four hours. So you just left the console. Yeah, on. you had to. Yep, you just left the console on overnight or for a day or two. Got home and Mewtwo was unlocked. Challenger approaches. Oh my god! And then you had to beat him. Yep. And then you had so to beat. Weird. There were so many weird. And usually, like the mechanics. difficulty. Oh, like the criteria for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just bizarre stuff. Just I, th- I think that game was up there as far as like, why do I have to do this for this character? Yeah. Now we just yeah. pay money. I mean, to an extent, sure, but I feel like I feel like the 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 last Super Smash Brothers for um, for Switch. I thought that their their unlocks was was. Probably the most fair, you know, especially when you played the uh, the spirit board mode. Yes, yeah, you know, exactly. I, thought, I I I had unlocked everything before I even started spirit mode, and uh, I kind of regret doing that. In, in hindsight, I wish I kind of did the spirit mode first, you know. No, I went through the spirit mode first. That's how I got a majority. But um, just playing the game through—that's how I would unlock if I remember right. You would just play the game, and every. Every so often, I don't. It was like you said, it wasn't too crazy. Yep. Um, it was just play the game to unlock. You know what I mean? But I think melee had just some really weird unlock criteria for some reason. Like beat ten characters in Cruel Smash. Like come on, I think that was for Mister Game and Watch. I never unlocked Mister Game and Watch. Yeah, there were some. There's some real brutal, brutal unlock. You know challenge walls basically that uh you know back then it's like you know developers were you know they were a little they were a little savage you know (laughs) they were trying to to extend the playtime of their game you know i i I kind of get it yeah yeah well i definitely have another really fond memory that also involves jeremy but jerry i'll let you i'll let you do the next one uh because i think it's gonna be the same memory castle crafters uh no that's that's up there for me, but that is not the specific one I was thinking of. But go ahead, Castle Crashers. That's a great right. one. So Castle Crashers was probably my first experience with with really involved online co-op in a game. Um, and it 
besides the fact that Castle Crashers itself is a really good game, just a really great uh, um, personality, animation style, uh, just just a hilarious game, queefing or quaffing. What is it? It's quaffing. Yeah, definitely, definitely not queefing. It's definitely quaffing. Quaffing. Um, the game was great, <laughs> and and we have some. <laughs> We had we have some insane insane night of just finally when we, the, the night we finally were able to to defeat the final boss was was just amazing because we we finally did it and I'm pretty sure we we all just like ah uh, what's what's our cooldown game gonna be oh let's go play Gears because mm-hmm. that's how that's how you uh, you finally go relax is to just chainsaw somebody in half in Gears of War yep. yep. Yeah, because we played so much multiplayer in Gears. Well, yeah. I remember with that specifically, I remember – so we had a podcast with a bunch of our friends back when podcasting – like I don't even know – I don't even know like, where we put it out on. Like did we even – I'm I 89% sure that it was just released on our own website for download. Yeah, yeah. Like, so there we had no like – we, we, Yeah, we had this like podcast and what we did was we put the music, the minstrel music – of Castle mm-hmm. Crashers, it was like the lobby music, which was like really funny. <laughs> and we all told stories of our adventures of like the bear crapping itself in the woods and like just all this like the funniest stuff that like things that just happened organically throughout the game that like we just thought was so funny. And we I can't remember laughing that hard. I mean, we were telling these stories for like an hour and while this music was playing in the background and it was just that, that is what I remember more than anything else with castle crashers was just like the the stories that came from that game. And uh, so my memory is in the same era, basically where we would all hang out in our friend Mike's basement. And that was about when rock band was really starting to get popular. So (laughs) what we decided, what we decided to do was we all had the instruments. So we brought extra drum uh, drumsticks and we decided to play, I think it was Rush, on expert mode, but we did it with five people on one drum kit, so we were all in charge of our own color, and we, like, I think we got the song on perfect, because everybody was just, just had to worry about their color and, and hitting it, and we had five people on this drum kit all hitting things at different times. It was just, like, the funniest, stupidest thing, like... That was so much fun. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, rock, like Rock Band in general, that whole era of, yeah, of guitar hero. gaming. Like what? What an incredible time that was to just hang I got out to with a people. lot of music because of those games, man. Yeah. Yep. Introduced me to a lot of things. It was really 100%. cool. Hundred percent. It was what a, just fantastic way to introduce you to music that you you yeah. may have missed at some point. Exactly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. And I'm sure we all have our own, like, you know, holiday stories, too, of getting consoles at Christmas. I remember getting oh the Super God. Nintendo at Christmas, and, I, you know, just, um, that was always fun, you know, when you'd have to wait. I mean, adult me now, I could never wait those extra two months when a console comes out in October to wait for Christmas, but back then, it was, like, the greatest thing ever. Oh, for uh, sure. I remember N64 was like that, I remember Super Nintendo was like that, so, yeah, that's, um... Yeah, that was that was awesome. It's funny talking about Maneater too. One of my biggest memories uh, growing up was, in gaming was playing Jaws for NES, and you play as 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 the shark hunter, and Jaws kind of chases you. And I never got to beat the game, 
until I was in college. And um, somehow I got my hands on a PSP that was hacked and had all the games and all the emulators that you wanted. And so you could save, you could do save states. And I ended up finally killing Jaws by using save states on my PSP in college. So I never, I never pirated a game that I didn't already own, um, or a game that like you couldn't get that was like an old Nintendo game and stuff. I never pirated like the the stuff that was out at the time. But I had the entire NES library basically on my PSP, and I did that. I landed the plane in Top Gun. I exercised the child. Oh my god! How? Oh, dude! I just I just I because I say I I had the save state right before you land the plane, so I just kept trying and trying and trying until I finally did it, and I was like. This and is the man great. who's determined to to platinum Death Stranding, and you ask him how. I can't wait if he. I want to see if he tries to platinum Metal Gear Solid Five. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm going to play Metal Gear Solid Five on another account just to satisfy you. But I'll play through the story. I'm not going to know what's going on. I'm literally stepping into the fifth game in a franchise that I have no idea what is going on. It's a good. That's it's hard a good to launch do on a, in a linear game. But you it's, want me to do this in a Kojima game? No, you'll get it. It's not that complicated a story. <laughs> no problem. You'll get it. I'm going to look like this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. My brain's going to look like scrambled eggs by the time I'm done. No, you're, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I'm with you, man. But, like, that's Stranding. At least I can be on a level playing field where I'm going to yeah. come into this without having to know anything else. So at least there's that. So... Anyway, all right. Do you guys have any other fond gaming memories you want to bring up before we hit on the horizon? I want to switch up gears real quick and talk about a terrible game. Oh, Ooh, okay. so bad that you remember it. I like this. And I don't know. How old were you guys in 2006? That's a great question. I'm going to have to do math on that. 19? 22. 19, 22. Okay. I believe I was, um, I was 13. And I just got my Xbox 360. And what what launched right around when the 360 launched? We j- literally just covered almost all of them. <laughs> no, no, no. And when did Sonic 06 come out? Uh... Well, I'm pretty sure 360 was 05. So I think it released early 06. No, when did I get... No, I think I got my Xbox the year after for my birthday. I was like 13. Um, God, sorry guys. Um, so like Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, like the yeah that, Sonic that one? 06, that one, that one was very oh my god, because I just came off of a uh, Sonic Adventure 2 battle, and then that came out, and I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be the best thing. It's gonna be the same thing, but in HD, and I was bamboozled. That was a terrible game. Oh my god, I've never like you guys don't have that moment. Where you realize, like, finally, like, oh, this game's not BS. It's just bad. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, well, that- it, it looks like it came out... So, it's kind of all over the place. Um, it's saying it's saying 2007, but I also see 12-22-2006. So, it's let's see. it had multiple release dates? The for different, team different split... 
team split to work on the Wii game Sonic and the Secret Rings, resulting in Sonic the Hedgehog being rushed for the holiday season. It was released for Xbox 360 in November 06 and for PlayStation 3 the following month. Versions for Wii and Windows were canceled. Okay, so that makes sense. So yeah, it was holiday. It was November 06. Awful. Oh my god. But do you guys have a moment like that? Um, I have a disappointing moment. Do you okay. remember Advent Rising? Advent Rising? Okay, no, so Advent a- Rising was a sci-fi game that had come out, and the whole thing behind Advent Rising was that there was a contest where you had to find these hidden orbs or something in the game, and the winner of the orbs, or the finder of these orbs, won a million dollars. Okay, it was released May of 2005. It was developed by a company called Glyphix Games, and it was published by Majesco. And it was written by Orson Scott Card. That was the whole thing. The story was awesome, and I remember the music being really cool. But there was a contest where each week for six weeks, Majesco would hide a logo in the game, and you had to find it. And I remember playing this game with, like, a bunch of people running all over this game because you had no like imagine playing a game now and it's like there's a logo hidden somewhere and you have to find it like it could be literally anywhere Anywhere. so you're running around this whole game back and forth for hours and hours and hours and days and days and days and then they just scrapped the contest and never paid anybody oh my god that's horrible like the game itself was still kind of fun, and I didn't buy it for that, but I just remember all that crazy hype, and then it was just like, nope, nothing. That's sad. Yeah. That is you horrible. Jeremy, you don't remember that one? No, not off the top of my head. Dude, I'm I think sure I still if I have dived the into game. It. I think I have the game, and I think the contest like is etched onto the box art, and it says, like, yeah, play and win a million dollars in purple. Oh my god. And it was Xbox Live enabled, but it was a single player game that was Xbox Live enabled. And it's like you'll download an update and they'll hide a logo in the game. You're like, what? Whoa. So anyway, yeah, that was uh I remember that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I think if if you guys don't have any other memories, I'm gonna go out on one. It's not really a memory, it's more of a a, a time span thing. If if you guys don't have anything else. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go. All right, so um, I, uh, I, I played World of Warcraft for uh, about 10 years, and I stopped right after uh, Warlords of Draenor came out, uh, which was two or three expansions ago at this point. And I remember I did my slash played all right before I logged out, and I had over a year of playtime in this game that's not that that is one whole year that is one tenth of my entire existence of that decade was spent playing world of warcraft holy crap yeah and and i like you want to talk about emotional overwhelming emotional moments of of every midnight expansion launch um like just just the the people that i've met some of them i'm, I'm still friends with now um uh i, re- I remember uh one of our our guild mates 
he uh, he got he got divorced, I think, and and was having a pretty crappy year. And I, I remember me and my buddy Adam, we uh, went halfsies and and bought him the newest expansion for World World of Warcraft just to give him a bit of a uh, like escapism. And mm, yeah, you know, like 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 it, it was it was honestly an incredible experience. Just, just from 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 beginning to 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 end, and we're we're all eight thousand seven hundred and sixty hours worth it, Jeremy. Because that's how many hours make up one year. Eight thousand seven hundred. Oh my god! Honestly, I'm gonna say at least four hundred. I mean, not four hundred. Four hundred just four hundred just a lot. But I'm gonna say at least a hundred of those hours were probably me falling asleep holding the W button late at night. So right there, that's out. But uh, but seven thousand hours guaranteed worth it. Seven thousand hours, I'll I'll give wow. a solid, absolutely worth it. So um, you walked away after that happened. After after Warlords of Draenor dropped, I I pretty much walked away. Um, at that point, they were moving towards. Um, like an expansion, they were they were trying to do expansions yearly, and the con the content in general was starting to get stale for me anyway, yeah. and um, it, it also just so happened that that was, you know, the point in, in your life where where adulthood kind of starts shifting, and I j- I just moved away from from, from Sorry, MMO guys. culture in general because it, it's so difficult. To, to, to keep an MMO lifestyle when you have so many other obligations and also other things that you want to do. You know, I, I, I have friends who still play, um, I, I, and they play like, like World of Warcraft Classic as well. So, you know, he's like, oh yeah, no, Monday and Wednesday is, is raiding nights. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot, I forgot what that was like. Yeah. You know, like, like oh yeah no like three nights of my week are, are completely shot because I have to I have to log on at seven to be ready to raid by eight and go to bed at one. Jeez, I remember um I remember I kind of had a similar cycle like that with uh, with SOCOM and SOCOM two because that hmm. was the, I still talk to people in my clan from from SOCOM and uh, you know from the SOCOM days and I never they never tracked the hours on that but. It's got to be a couple of thousand that I put into into both of those games between you those know and it was like Clan Wars. Right? It was what? It was Sony exclusive, right? So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Zipper Interactive oh, was the yeah Zipper was the developer. It was a Sony exclusive, and realistically, when I go back and I think about games that I want remastered, I don't know how I didn't say SOCOM too because that game, I don't care if you charge a thousand dollars for that game. I would buy a remastered SOCOM 2. I mean, the exact same gameplay, the exact same maps, just today's graphics. Uh, forget it. Forget it. You'd never see me. You'd I'm honestly me. surprised. Like, given just how much name recognition SOCOM has, especially in a time where it's hard to create a new IP, how has that not come back? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, the studio's gone, which doesn't really mean anything because now what are studios? Studios are such a fluid thing anyway. Oh, yeah. It's, it's oh, just a group of people. Who owns the IP more than, right. more than a group of people um, making it? I think SOCOM was just a product of a time where there was no because, – because shooters – like online third-person shooters now, I mean that's like Fortnite and stuff, right? So yeah. I don't know if there's a – Siege kind of took that over. 
in a way, Rainbow Six Siege was the closest thing to SOCOM where it was like one ki- you had one life, there was no respawning. You had one life, and then you waited for the round to end. And But the Clan Wars, the st- oh my god, just just the, the amount of time I put into that game. But I would love for it because it doesn't play like a normal first-person shooter. I mean, it's third-person, it's very different. And I would, I mean, the maps were so well designed. That was such a fun game. I, I, I am surprised too. I, I would, I mean, even for like twenty dollars as a download title, I think they would make so much, so much money. Yeah, especially, of, in, especially that. in the time of of battle royales. You know, it, it, it really fits that mold so well. I'm, I am very surprised that that has not come back yet. Well, maybe that was part of the PS5 reveal that we're not talking about this week. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Well, that's awesome. I think that was a good, that was a much needed escape from from you know little, little stroll down uh, yeah. Yeah. memory lane. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Cool. Well, we're getting we're getting close to to the Last of Us, but we're not quite ready to have that as our on the horizon. So uh, we alluded to it earlier, but we're going to talk about the Pokemon DLC as part of our on the horizon segment. So, Jeremy. Go for it. So on Tuesday, Nintendo dropped a uh, fairly short video with uh, some some additional footage, a a really good look at the new um, the new Gigantamax and Galarian forms of uh, the legendary birds. Um, So the Isle of Armor, which is the first part of the expansion, um, it's thirty dollars. You have to buy it for each individual game. If you spend the $30, it doesn't work for both. So if you have Sword, you have to get the expansion for Sword. And if you have Shield, you have to get the expansion for Shield. Um, they, They have two sections to it. So the first one is called the Isle of Armor, and that's what drops on June 17th. Um, obviously, next week we wanted to just touch on um, uh, Last of Us, so we'll cover this now. Far less important. Um, but really the big thing that I'm looking forward to for Isle of Armor is, um, there's going to be a new, uh, legendary Pokemon, Kabufu and Ushifu. Um, so Are they... Are you serious? That's the name? Kabufu? Yeah. Yeah, Kabufu yeah, and, uh, Ushifu. They're, 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 they're uh, Kung Fu, Fu Bears. Yeah, Kung Fu Bears. Really? Yeah. yeah. So they so you start with a cub and and it's it's a little cub who stands on two legs, and when he evolves, uh, I think you you take one of uh, one of two different paths. So you could train him down one one like two one of two different paths of um, of kung fu depends on what he evolves into. Um, so it looks like he's going to be uh, like if you even if you look at the the poster, um, he's very central to it. Um, there's a couple of other uh, uh, mythical Pokemon that they uh, revealed, but it looks like those are going to be saved for the second um, area that they're adding later this year, which is called the uh, Crown Tundra. Um, but in addition to uh, this mythical Pokemon, they're they're sh- I think they're bringing back a hundred old Pokemon from various gens, and like, I, ju- I just looked at a cursory version of the list, and um, it 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 goes from gen one through uh gen seven it looks like they're not picking anything anything crazy they're they're bringing a whole bunch of random ones back um and they're giving galarian forms 
to the legendary birds from Kanto. So Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. I'm trying are... to look for this Kabufu. How do you spell this? I think it's uh... K U B F U. So oh, Kubfu. Kubfu. Yeah, Kubfu. I put an extra U in there. Yeah, Kubfu. Okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, explain this to me like I'm five. The Galar region is supposed to be England, correct? Yes. More or less, yes. Inspired by England. Okay. Why Kung Fu? Uh, because well, this is a island. separate. Yeah, yeah it, this it, is a it's separate thing. An, it's just an island. So this island is clearly very Japanese heavy with um with with their influences. That is cool. I'm looking at the design, the evolved design. That is oh sick. god, the the, the the evolved designs for them are, are gorgeous. They're they're honestly <laughs> stunning. What's the uh, other one? What's the other one called? Uh, uh, Urshifu. U R S S H I F U. Kubfu and Urshifu. Yeah. Um. So and and like I said, the 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 other big ones that that look it looks like it's going to be in this one is the Galarian um legendary bird. So new typing for them, new stunning looks. They still haven't one hundred percent revealed. Uh, what types they are, but I believe the going theory is that they're keeping their flying types and their secondary typing is going to be uh, fighting, psych- right? Yeah, so it's going to be psychic fighting and dark. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Looking, yeah, so they're, 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 they're still keeping that rock, paper, scissor um, uh, typing, but yeah, they, they all three of them look amazing. Um, and in, in addition to that, it looks like we're also getting two new of the uh, the Reggie the Reggies um, Reggie Draco and I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, I believe it's Poison. What was that? That's such a good name, Reggie Draco. Yeah. Why not Reggie? Reggie, I'm guessing for Reggie Fizeme, right? Or or no? No, the, no so, like so Reggie the, Rock, Reggie Steel. Yeah, so the Reggies are essentially um, golems that take on different um, aspects of, of the Earth. So in, yeah. in the past, it was it was uh, Reggie Ice, which was Ice type, Reggie Steel, and Reggie Rock. Um, and then they Reggie, added Reggie, Reggie Rock. So that was Gen three, and then Gen four, they had, they introduced Reggie Gigas, who was kind of their overseer and the one who who moved the continents around in in the lore. And then now they're introducing two new ones. Um, and it, it looks like it's going to be Reggie, uh, Reggie Electric and Reggie Draco. So Electric and Dragon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. Hmm. Um, one thing that you didn't mention, Jeremy, is uh, Galarian Slowking. Is it Slowking? Yeah, it's actually Galarian Slowpoke and slow, uh, slow Bro, I believe. I don't think it's Slowpoke. Slow Bro, I'm s- Sorry, Slowking was slow, bro. Oh my god, that design! I love that design. Yeah, the like how, yeah, the, it looks like Mega Man's hand now. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, that's that's adorable. I want him. Yeah, I, th- I thought. And his did, typing, uh, his typing, psychic and poison. If I'm, I think. I, yep, I believe you were correct. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm. Uh, listen, I, I'm. I'm a. I'm really happy that this is the route they're going. Instead of dropping, um, you know, so, something along the lines of what Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were, you know, thirty bucks, and and you get, you get essentially what they would have added, but you get to continue on the same game you're already playing. It's great because it op- it opens up a whole lot of possibilities for what they could add in the future. You know, I'm oh, honest. Yeah, for- 
I'm really hoping that that the expansions are super successful for them well, because it that, kind of works out in their favor because now it kind of they could save time to work on the next game. You know what I yeah. mean? If they give us these little nuggets here and there, yep. I would eat that up and then wait for the next great, you know, I guess uh, move they make in whatever yeah. direction they're going. Let them really did spend you, some Did time you say it. that you have to buy the same DLC for each, for each game? Like, you have to buy the Isle of Armor for, for both sword and for shield, so it's 60 bucks. Or did I misunderstand you there? Okay, so there's so they announced so the, the the pass includes two regions. It's the Isle of Armor and the the Crown Tundra, but you have to buy them individually for each game. So if you buy one one pass, it doesn't work for both games. So you do have to if you bought both games, you have to drop thirty bucks twice. If you want to be able to use both those islands in both games, see that that is that's the stuff that I don't like. That they they take advantage of their fans so much, and nobody bats an eyelash. Yeah, especially because of the especially way. Especially how easy it's so easy to register the game now on the console. Yeah, I, I and especially if you have like digital, you know, I I was looking at the way that um, Super Smash Brothers when it was on um, on Wii U and on 3DS. How they had a bundled price, where if you wanted to buy uh, a character for both to work on both the 3DS and on the Wii U, it was a cheaper price than to buy them individually. I was expecting them to do at least that. You know, if they came out and said, "Hey, each each expansion is is 30 bucks each, but if you buy them in the bundle, it's 50." I would have taken that. I th- I, I think that would have been fair. Yeah. Well, I, I find it strange that this was the route that they took. I really do. But like I said, I, it, it, it's, a, it's a ton of potential. You know, I bought both Sword and Shield when it released, and I've only, I haven't even opened uh, Sword yet. So I'm in no rush to get the, the second expansion, but I will, I will absolutely be, be running to the Isle of Armor the day that this expansion drops. Yeah. All right, well... That's good. Good to look forward to. And again, that's uh, that is definitely on the horizon for June. So um, I, I may I may see how you guys are on it, and then I'll I'll jump on it if uh, if you say it's definitely uh, something to something to grab. But I think I'm going to be think I'm going to be busy stabbing people on the side with with yeah. Ellie. So um, I cool. Think, cool. I I think the um, so me and Dan were were discussing it earlier, having a July fourth winner-take-all Pokemon contest. I think we should spend the next month, because today is June 4th, spend the next month and really work a team. What do you think, Dan? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I agree. I'll do it. I'll, um... When does it come out? June Uh, June 17th? 17th. You don't necessarily have to finish the Isle of Armor, but... Yeah, I know. At least, you, exactly. And plus, you'll be more into it too. Because, I think. Why did you say later like that? I would probably beat you if we were oh, in battle right now. Only because I have. I don't. I didn't even put together a competitive team at all. I was literally just grabbing oh, okay. Pokemon that I felt looked cool and fun to play with. Um, like I, I was spending far too many hours trying to evolve um, uh, Snom into Frostmoth. Uh, How many hours does that take? It's not. It's not that it takes hours. 
it was that I, I kept forgetting that you have to do it at night to evolve him. Oh, so you have to level God. up at night. So one day I just realized, wait, can I just change the time on my Switch? And sure enough, that yeah. worked, and he evolved immediately. I was like, you've mm-hmm. got to be kidding me. Yeah, I kept the game. Yeah, I was playing it a, a majority of the time when I was, um, you know, if I, I, I would have the Switch with me, so I'd be at work or something. I'd be playing it on my lunch breaks. Um, so... You know, and when I got home, I was always I was always busy doing something else. So by the time I I would you know get home and remember, oh, I have to you know work on him and evolve him. I just I was just always off time wise. Yeah, that happened to me too with that one. I had to do the same thing with the with the uh, the time clock on the system. So yep. Yeah. The, well, well the you know, we uh, we went for about an hour and twenty minutes, boys. So I'd say, you know, you know, for not having a lot of news to cover, I think we did. I think we did pretty good. And if you're still with us, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, I did promise that we would give our social media info. So again, if you want uh, a little bit more opinions, or you just want to hit us up, let us know how we're doing with the show, uh, talk games, whatever. We do have the X Button Radio Facebook page. Um, so we've, uh, we've been growing that group. Um, the podcast is found on anchor FM on Spotify, on iTunes, on breaker, on just about all the, you know, Google podcasts, all the, all the, the big sites. Um, for me, you can hit me up at Kaiju blue 13 on Twitter, on Instagram. I am, uh, fire underscore walk with me 13. Um, you guys feel free to share your, uh, your info as well. Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at baldlumberjack118. You can follow me on Instagram at 23.average. Well, there you go. There you go. So, guys, make sure, um, please, if you can, leave us a review. Join the Facebook group. Um, we'd love to. Uh, lo- we'd love your opinions, things that you want us to add, do differently. Uh, you know, call us idiots. Uh, whatever you want to do, we we the, love it. It's the best way to show that you finished an episode. Call us idiots. Exactly. Yep. Thanks exactly. for the view. Mm-hmm. Yep. That way, you know, you can insult us and also uh, let us know that you appreciate us at the same time. What's better than that? So uh, again, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Episode three in the books for Danny and Jeremy. I am Damon. Would you kindly tune in next week? Take care. See you guys.